I want to read from Exodus chapter 13. That is going to be uh, the passage of Scripture I reference um, in my message. Exodus 13, verses 17 um, through 22. When Pharaoh let the people go, God didn't lead them by way of the land of the Philistines, even though that was the shorter route. God thought if the people have to fight and face war, they'll run back to Egypt. And so God led the people by the roundabout way of the Red Sea and of the Red Sea Desert. And the Israelites went up out of the land of Egypt ready for battle. And Moses took with him Joseph's bones, just as Joseph had made Israel's sons promise when he said to them, when God takes care of you, you must carry my bones out of here with you. And they set out from Sukkoth and camped at Etham on the edge of the desert. The Lord went in front of them during the day in a column of cloud to guide them and at night in a column of lightning to give them light. And this way they could travel during the day and at night they could travel as well. And the column of cloud during the day and the column of lightning at night never left its place in front of the people. I remember on Tuesday, March 12th, at our monthly meeting for business, I said to those that were gathered around the table in the Fellowship Hall these words. They didn't teach us in seminary how to pastor through a pandemic. And I was being somewhat tongue-in-cheek, but in many ways I was being serious. Again, this was back on March 12th, many, many weeks ago. I really didn't have any idea what we would be venturing into, and I don't think anybody did at that point. And the truth be known, there's no manual for how to be a faith community during a pandemic. And we've been on this journey now for about 10 weeks. In fact, I think this weekend is the 10th weekend or 10th Sunday that we will not be gathered together in this meeting room. And I'm extremely grateful. I'm grateful for everyone's collaboration and cooperation as well as your willingness to try new things, um, to experiment, to make things work. In fact, I shared with a pastor friend of mine that I have felt that we've innovated more in the last two and a half months than we have probably innovated in the last 18 years, and that's okay. Sometimes necessity and urgency gives birth to creativity. Sometimes you just do what you have to do, and we're doing it. So I appreciate it very much, and I'm very grateful. And then there are times where we feel like we're in the wilderness. This is where the imagery of Exodus and the Israelites comes into play. A few years ago, I came across an author by the name of William Bridges. And William Bridges had this um, conception, this framework of going through transitions in life. And if you can imagine a piece of paper looking straight at an 8.5 by 11 piece of paper, and on the left side of that piece of paper is the word endings. And on the far right side of that, word, uh, of that piece of paper is the word beginnings or new beginnings. So on the far left side, you have endings or letting go. On the far right, you have beginnings or new beginnings. Now, what William Bridges said is that a lot of life is transitioning from endings and letting go to new beginnings. But between the letting go and between the new beginnings, he always drew this big space. Now, he called it a neutral zone, but he also called it, in other places, the wilderness. He said it's in that wilderness, it's in that neutral zone, if you will, 
that people often feel disoriented. They often feel uncertain. They often feel sometimes scared and fearful. They don't know what to do because it feels like a wilderness. It's all new. Uh, There are no maps. There are no manuals. And a lot of times transitions, a lot of times moving from what we know to what we don't know feels that way. A lot of times moving from letting go and moving on from endings into new beginnings feels that way. We hardly ever go right from letting go to beginnings. We always seem to go through this transitional space called the wilderness. And in effect, that's exactly what happened with the Israelites. They went from this transitional space, if you will, from Egypt to the promised land. And in between Egypt uh, to the promised land, they had this space called the wilderness. This is why I think the journey of the, the Israelites feels so pertinent and important right now. It's one of those larger stories in Scripture that helps to inform our stories and my story, and all of us, both as individuals and as a faith community. Now, here's the bottom line, I think, of the Israelite story as they journeyed uh, through the wilderness, and it can be summed up like this. Uh, It was scary for them, scary for them to leave the familiar as it was to journey towards the unfamiliar. Now, Egypt may not have been that great for them, and we know that it wasn't, but it's something that they knew. And even unhealthy, familiar patterns for us feel much safer than healthy patterns that feel familiar. Have you ever tried to break a habit? Have you ever tried to do something new that's healthy for you? It's hard. It's difficult. Because we are almost wired up uh, to stay with what's familiar. Uh, the unfamiliar is, is, uh, is a lot more difficult. So it was scary for them, um, the uh, Israelites, to leave the familiar as it was to journey towards the unfamiliar. And it is for us as well. Also, in order to live into this new future God had for them, they had to travel first through this wilderness. Now, I've mentioned this before. They went from Egypt to Canaan, the promised land, and they went through this wilderness, this place of where they had to let go of the old ways of living and behaving and open themselves to new ways of living and behaving. It's in the wilderness that we let go of all the false idols that we've placed our trust in, and we learn to have a deep trust in God who guides us. That's exactly what was going on with the Israelites. So bottom line of this Israelite story is you leave the familiar and you journey towards the unfamiliar, and it can be scary. Uh, The bottom line is that often you have to go through this wilderness, this this space in which there's often uncertainty. And then a third bottom line is this, is that God's divine presence or God's divine guidance is always out in front of the Israelites, leading them into this new future leading them into a way forward. And this has always been true for God's people, both individually and as a faith community. Now, I think these three realities, or these bottom lines, if you will, that I've mentioned are true for you and I. Again, it's scary to leave the familiar and venture forth into the unfamiliar. In these times of transition, they do feel like times of wilderness and even disorientation where we let go of old ways and open ourselves up to new beginnings, all the while we're deepening our trust in God's guidance, in God's care, in God's provision for our life. And even as a faith community, as deeper friends, we are leaving the familiar for the unfamiliar, and we're very much in that wilderness space, and I would say we're very much in that wilderness space right now. It feels somewhat disorienting, and it feels somewhat uncertain, but it's in this space. It's in this space that we're invited to let go what has often felt so familiar, and open ourselves up in deep trust 
to the new beginnings God has for us, all the while knowing and trusting that God goes before us and is guiding us along the way. Psalm 78, verses 52 and 53, hearken back to this period in, in the life of the Israelites and reads, quote, God led his own people out like sheep, guiding them like a flock in the wilderness. And God led them in safety, and they were not afraid. I think this is the promise that we have as we venture forth into our own personal and corporate wilderness, that God leads us, that God guides us, that God leads us in safety, and we have nothing to fear. Or as the translation, the paraphrase, the message puts it, God took good care of them. They had nothing to fear. I think God is going to take very good care of us and that we will have nothing to fear. I think in our transition spaces in our lives, God is going to take very good care of us and we won't have anything to fear. I think in all of the places in which we are letting go of that which doesn't work anymore, we're letting go of endings and that we're making the journey toward new beginnings, God is going to take care of us. And yeah, we do feel fearful. I get that. But ultimately, we're able to surround that fear with the awareness that God will take care of us, that God does love us, and God is going with us and going before us. And these are themes that I want to keep coming back to. Now, a little bit more about the passage that I read earlier. This doesn't mean that this journey is going to be uh, in a very clear-cut way or in a straightforward manner. Sometimes it's in the roundabout way. Let me read again uh, one of the uh, verses from Exodus 13. When Pharaoh let the people go, God didn't lead them by way of the land of the Philistines, even though that was the shorter route. God thought, if the people have to fight and face war, they'll run back to Egypt. And so God led the people by the roundabout way of the reed or the Red Sea desert. Now, speaking personally, there have been numerous times I have short-circuited my own personal development and growth because I always wanted to take the shortcut rather than follow God's guidance and direction. Or I, I always wanted to take the shortcut rather than go through the way that was a little bit longer, that took a little bit longer, that was more of the roundabout way. And this has often been due to some of my own impatience, some of my own stubbornness, and some of my own obstinance. Journey of my life has taken me in a roundabout way. There have been successes, there have been mistakes, there have been failures, there have been setbacks, and there have been disappointments. And I have missed opportunities for growth when I have sought to guide my own life and I've tried to take shortcuts. And when I do that, I'm often running into challenges I wasn't prepared to take on or deal with. I wanted to hurry to the next moment, I wanted to hurry to the next big thing, I wanted to hurry to the goal, I wanted to hurry to what was ahead of me, but often I short-circuited my own growth and my own development. And I think this is God's ultimate concern, at least as we read in the story. God knows what the Israelites are capable of, and God knows what they're not capable of. God knows what they have the capacity for and what they don't have the capacity for. And God guides them in this roundabout way, not to frustrate them, but to better prepare them for the life and challenges ahead. I think sometimes when our lives are in a roundabout way, or we feel like personally we're going in a roundabout way, or maybe sometimes here 
even as a faith community, we feel like we're going in a roundabout way. I don't necessarily think it's always about the choices and decisions we've made. I think sometimes we're simply being prepared for life and challenges ahead, and we need time. Maybe we need time for prayer. Maybe we need time for skill building. Maybe we need time to deepen our capacity uh, for love, for patience. Maybe we need time to deepen our capacity for emotional resilience and emotional maturity. I don't know. I just know that sometimes when life goes in a roundabout way, it presents opportunities for us to grow. It presents opportunities for me to grow. And often I do myself a disservice by hurrying to take the shortcut and get there quick rather than living into how life unfolds and letting life teach us. I think that's often the biggest thing that we miss um, as a faith community um, or even as individuals. Sometimes we don't let life teach us. I know this is a very challenging moment. It can, it's a very frustrating moment. and Sometimes it can be a very stressful moment. But one of the things I'm trying to be open to uh, during this season is asking myself, what is it teaching me? What is it teaching me about who I am? What is it teaching me about who I need to become? What is it teaching us at Deep River Friends about who we are? And what is it teaching us about who we need to become and who we can become? There may be things that we would never have learned about ourselves individually if it weren't for this season. I'm not saying that that this season is a good thing. It's a hard thing. I'm not saying that God brought it on to teach us things. That's not my kind of theology. What I'm saying is, though, if we pay attention, if we let it teach us, uh, there may be things that we can learn about ourselves that we would never have learned otherwise. And there may be things that we can learn about ourselves as a meeting, as a faith community, that we would have never learned otherwise if we simply pay attention and let it teach us and allow ourselves to go on this roundabout way. What are some guiding principles for this roundabout way? I gave you some guiding principles when I read the email earlier on about uh, discernment for reopening. Well, here's some guiding principles for the roundabout way. First one is simply this. God often uses detours in our lives to get us ready for the life God has created for us. Again, God often uses detours in our life to get us ready for the life God has created for us. I may not completely understand these detours. I may not completely understand why I have taken the long way around or why I'm being sent on the long way around, but it's in those moments that we're invited to deepen our trust in God's care and know that God knows what we need to develop in order to be ready to meet the challenges in the future, that God knows what's good for us to deepen our lives and help us to flourish. The second is simply this. The progress is not in leaps, but in steps. Again, progress is not in leaps, but in steps. I always remind myself that this was a journey that the Israelites took step by step, day by day. It wasn't about the big dramatic leaps. It wasn't by a one-day conference or the latest book or five easy keys to this. It was, it was simply faithfully trusting God each step of the way and following God's guidance and leading each step of the way, day, daily, day by day. And God simply gave them what they needed for each day, and then the next, and then the next. And I think God gives us exactly what we need for each day to carry us through, to provide for us, and to teach us what we need to know. Henry Nouwen, um, the great author on the spiritual life, wrote these words, The great secret of the spiritual life is that you always know the little steps even if you don't know the big ones. 
You don't need to know the big steps to take the little steps. You only have to take one step at a time. The interesting thing is that the person who is in touch with the Lord knows what those little steps are. If we look back, we see it was a long journey of little steps. And maybe he's right. Maybe we do know what those little steps are. We just simply need to begin taking them. And the third guiding principle is simply this. Progress and growth or maturity is very rarely a straight line, but it is a roundabout way as we seek to faithfully follow God's guidance. Spiritual maturity, spiritual development is, is rarely this straight line from one corner all the way up this way. It's usually a squiggly line that goes round and round, up and down, sideways and backwards. Progress and growth and maturity and development is a roundabout way as we seek to faithfully follow God's guidance. But that's okay because we're always learning. If we're listening, we're always learning. Well, this is the other bottom line of this journey that I'll close with, the bottom line of this story uh, that I read out of Exodus 13. Exodus 13, verses 21 and 22. And the Lord went in front of them during the day in a column of cloud to guide them, and at night in a column of lightning to give them light. And this way they could travel during the day and at night. And the column of cloud during the day and the column of lightning at night never left its place in front of the people. Just a very simple message in that. God is always out in front of us, both individually and corporately, giving us guidance and light. In our lives right now, individually, God is out in front of us, giving us guidance and light. And I really believe that in our journey right now, as Deep River Friends Meeting, as a Quaker faith community, uh, both in the future and in this discernment process we're in right now, that God is out in front of us giving us guidance and light. There's an old Quaker phrase that invites people to be careful not to outrun our guide, capital G. Often that phrase was used uh, in open worship and vocal ministry uh, to remind people not to speak too much. Uh, when you spoke too much or you said more than you needed to say, uh, that was called outrunning your guide. Um, but I think we can use it in this uh, capacity as well. To not outrun our guide, capital G, guide, is to stay behind and let God lead. It's to stay behind and allow God to be the one who gives the guidance and who gives the light. And when God moves, we move. When God stops, we stop. When God speaks, we listen. And when God is silent, we are silent. And we listen in a much deeper, deeper way. I want to close with this prayer. It's a very familiar prayer by Thomas Merton. You see it a lot on social media, uh, but it's a very, very wonderful, beautiful prayer. My Lord God, I have no idea where I'm going. I do not see the road ahead of me. I cannot know for certain where it will end, nor do I really know myself. And the fact that I think I'm following your will does not mean that I'm actually doing so. But I believe that the desire to please you does, in fact, please you. And I hope I have that desire in all that I'm doing. I hope that I will never do anything apart from that desire. And I know that if I do this, you will lead me by the right road, though I may, not, though I may know nothing about it. And therefore, will I trust you always, though I may seem to be lost and in the shadow of death. I will not fear, for you are ever with me. 
and you will never leave me to face my perils alone. I'm not going to reread that prayer, but I think you could take the word me and even substitute with the word us. And that speaks to us as well.